This is Safe for Work, the Workopolis podcast. Hi, I'm Sal Chalfi, and today on Safe for Work, we start with a question. Would you let your company implant a microchip in your hand? Well, there are 50 people in Wisconsin who are doing just that. Employees at Three Square Market, a vending machine company, will soon have a microchip between their thumb and index finger, which will let them buy snacks, log into computers, and use the copy machine. Is this a sign of things to come? To find out, I spoke with futurist Richard Warzel. Uh, so, Mr. Warzel, first, for those who don't know the term, what is a futurist? A futurist is, well, like a biologist is somebody who studies biology, a futurist is somebody, somebody who studies the future as a discipline, and the purpose of doing so is to help people prepare for the uncertainties ahead. So if you want to think of it in this way, I'm a planner, not a prophet. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that sounds, that sounds really cool, though. How do you become a futurist? It's real simple. You raise your right hand and you say, I am a futurist. If you, if you want, uh, you can join the World Future Society. I think it's, I don't know, I don't know what the dues are these days, but probably around $45 U.S. Um, but uh, the real issue is not so much do you have credentials behind your name and little letters to follow and so on, but, which I do, but in a different discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, but do, can you deliver the goods? Can you produce information, analysis, and ideas that help people prepare for uncertainty and to, and to plan intelligently to deal with it. So there is a lot of talk of automation, um, especially in, in you know, the workforce. Is that something that you're, you're dealing with a lot these days? Yes. As a matter of fact, I've just been working with two groups of clients, uh, one in professional services generally, but with heavy emphasis on uh, legal, investment, uh, finance, and the other in the insurance industry, <clears throat> both you know, very white-collar disciplines, both sets of, of clients, very white-collar disciplines, and they're quite concerned about how artificial intelligence is affecting their potential future. Uh, so it's not just blue-collar workers that are, are concerned about automation now. It's, it should be almost, not quite, but almost everybody. Okay. And on that note, um, so was, there was a, a company, a vending machine company in Wisconsin that has been in the news recently for a plan to implant microchips in the hands of employees. Um, what do you think about that kind of story or that kind of plan? Uh, I, I'd like, I, I didn't read about it, but I would have to question what is their motivation in doing so. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, Virtually everybody is tagged and can be followed electronically anyway because they carry a smartphone. Anybody, certainly anybody in, in work today, and, and most people who aren't working carry a smartphone, and those can be tracked. In fact, I read an article not long ago uh, saying that um, 20 years ago the FBI approached the government and said we'd like to require people to carry electronic identification so we can keep track of them, and the government absolutely rejected it as being contrary to the Constitution and, and a violation of human rights and, and search and seizure and all sorts of things, and basically sent them packing. However, smartphones have done exactly the same thing in spades because people are already chipped. They don't have to have it under their skin. They carry it on their persons voluntarily. Okay. So you think we're, we're, uh, we've let the, um, the wolf in the hen house anyway? 
Fox. Fox. Yes. What did I say? Wolf. Yeah. You said wolf. Well, <laughs> it could. You could be right. I mean, it might might be worse than a fox. Um, yes, and, and cybersecurity is is a vastly underappreciated area of, of concern uh, because the black hats are the ones that that keep advancing the game, and the good guys keep trying to catch up, and and not always with great success. They're they're always responding. They're always trying to come up with a counter move. So. So, so, so to circle back to this company with the, uh, with the microchip idea, um, is that something you've heard about before? Because I know that technology has been introduced already in certain companies in Europe. Is that something you've seen? I've, no, I haven't seen it. <clears throat> I've, I've read about it in, in a number of contexts. Uh, it started with chipping uh, pets. Then there was talk about chipping uh, kids to keep track of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, then chipping uh, older people who might have uh, various forms of dementia in order to keep track of them. Um, the, the concept is to be able to track someone in the workplace. What it also means is being able to tell how uh, productive they are, how much time they spend at their desk, how much time they are walking back and forth to the coffee machine, how much time they're lounging around or not doing something. It's, it's a, it, it, the theory is that you can help people buy, be more productive, but in my mind what you're really doing is telling them we don't trust you and uh, we want to keep a much closer eye on you, probably much closer than you want. How, how can it be, make people more productive? What, what, what would be the possible benefit for an employee to have that kind of chip? Well, if you look at, look at uh, what happened with the, the Toyota Prius when it was first introduced, people started driving um, in, in such a way as to be more, fuel, uh, more aware of fuel economy because they could see the results on the dashboard. Mm-hmm. So providing feedback to people as to how they're doing in certain um, goalposts uh, is a very good way of improving their ability to meet those, those goals. It, likewise, if you provide people not just a chip, but also a way of telling how much time are you spending in productive work, how much time are you wasting, you would, even without any, any overbearing effort to try and push, you know, put your thumb down on them, they would naturally try and improve their results. That, that's just human nature. People want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, so by providing feedback, you can make people be more productive by helping them figure out what they need to do to be more productive. So given that, do you, do you expect this kind of thing to catch on? I mean, the CEO of this particular company actually said that he thinks this technology will soon be used for, uh, you know, as, as a passport and for public transit. Do you, do you foresee that kind of uh, thing happening? Um, if so, it's only a very temporary stopping uh, way station on the way to something better. Mm-hmm. Effectively, our, our whole beings are going to be our biometric passports. You're not going to need a chip, an RFID. We're going to be surrounded by computer intelligence that watches us and watches over us. And if you need, for example, to get into public transit, the transit computer will look at you, uh, will uh, check your balance and, and recognize you from your gait, from your height, from your, the color of your eyes, and uh, essentially things that are, are impossible to counterfeit and say, okay, this is Richard Warzel, uh, and he has an end check. We, yes, he has a balance with us. You know, in Toronto, it's the Presto card. In other places, it's other, other means. Um, you know, in London, it's, it's the uh, Oyster card. 
uh, yes, he has a balance uh, in his account. Yes, we can let him in, in and we'll debit the, uh, the fare from his balance. Um, likewise, you'll be able to walk up to an ATM. You, you will consult with your computer genie or uh, currently called virtual assistants and say, you know what, I need an extra $150. I'm going to be doing something this weekend. So your genie will direct you to an ATM. You will walk up to the ATM. Um, it will A, recognize you, and B, it will have interacted with your genie, which is a natural outgrowth of your smartphone. And it will, as you walk up to the ATM, it will just spit out the money. You'll pick up the money and walk away. Mm -hmm. so total elapsed time, three seconds. You won't have to punch in a, a, um, a pin. You won't have to uh, put in a card because the system will recognize you and will handshake with your virtual assistant. Wow. All right. Well, I, can, I mean, I can see that causing anxiety in some people. Absolutely. And it should because it can also be... Uh, used to invade your privacy and, and to exploit you in ways that you don't want. So I'm not, not advocating this as, as a, uh, a wonderful solution to all problems. I am saying that it will solve some problems and it will create new ones. For example, in air, one of the problems it will solve is uh, air travel will become much easier mm -hmm. because the computer system will recognize you or and, and will say this is, this is a person we know, he travels a lot. Uh, we, he's a familiar, uh, trusted traveler. Um, we don't need to give him much more than just a cursory glance to see if somebody slipped anything into his luggage. On the other hand, somebody who doesn't travel very much, they say, okay, well, we'll put them through the regular security line. Okay. And somebody for whom there is no background, no information that comes up cold and who behave, is behaving suspiciously, they will get searched thoroughly. So it will make it will allow security forces to differentiate between different kinds of traveler uh, without having to go through a lot of gymnastics to find out who they are. On the other hand, it also means that, that people who shouldn't be looking at your life will be looking at your life and exploiting information about you to their benefit, whether it's unsavory politicians or uh, hackers or people intent on stealing from you, uh, this is also going to be used against you. So, given all that, what advice would you give to people that are put off by all this? That you know, are there ways that that they can protect themselves? At the moment, the best thing you can do to protect yourself is to stay as off the grid as much as you're willing to. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, whenever someone invites you, I heard a, an expert on cybersecurity last week, and he had a brilliant line. He said, if you go to a website and start giving them personal information, and you can't figure out what the product is. The product that's being sold is you. Your information is being sold to other people. Um, and I thought that was brilliant, a brilliant insight. So be careful about what information you give about, up about yourself. Be careful how much, of you, you, how much of your information you show to people that don't have a very good reason to know it. Just be cautious. Don't just give away your information because you're giving away something uh, a, that's very valuable, and B, that you'll never be able to pull back. Okay. And so to circle back on, on workplace um, environments, you've touched on a lot of interesting things that, that you foresee happening. What other kind of technology do you, do you see coming into the Canadian workforces in the next decades? Are we on the cusp of some major changes? Absolutely. Uh, we're, we're going to see dramatic changes and people are, are I, was un, I was underestimated. I've been writing about this for over 20 years. I wrote, published a book in 1994 in which I talked about 
exactly the things that are happening now. Um, but uh, because I was reevaluating uh, things for pro- people in professional services on behalf of clients, um, I've come to realize that it's happening much faster than I thought it would. And it's going in the next decade is going to see dramatic changes in the workforce. Um, so people need to be prepared for that. Employers need to be prepared for it. Individuals need to be prepared for it. Um, and in particular, we need to decide, and I, I put it in simplistic terms, we need to decide are we going to live in a world of the Borg or are we going to live in a world of the hybrid? The Borg is where automation displaces people. So people are put out of work and automation does the job instead. Um, and resistance is futile. The hybrid, on the other hand, is, uh, is augmentation, where the machines work to support and assist humans, and vice versa, because machines are good at certain kinds of things that humans aren't, and humans are good at certain kinds of things that machines are, aren't. And the result, if you have them work together, is you get a better outcome than having either one working on their own. But organizations aren't thinking that way. They're thinking, look at all the, all the jobs we can get rid of uh, by uh, automation instead of look at how much more productive we can make our people with automation. So what do you think can be done? Well, first of all, it's an attitude change on the part of employers. Uh, in terms of individuals, uh, you're going to be facing automation and machines moving into your workplace you rather than just say I don't want it to happen, which is useless, ask yourself how can I make myself valuable in an era where machines make me more productive? Mm-hmm. What can I do to increase my value as a problem-solving, creative being with enormous flexibility that the machines can't duplicate? That's good advice. Thanks so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome. Fox in the Hen House, of course. <laughs> to learn more about Richard Warzel and his work, check out futuresearch.com. For job search and career tips, visit workopolis.com slash advice. And at hiring.workopolis.com, you can find our latest e-guides and our blog for employers, which has a lot of advice on recruiting, HR, and management. Safer Work is produced by me, Sal Chalfi, Paige McGarry, and Madison McKee. Music by the band Code Pie. You've been listening to Safe for Work the Workopolis podcast.